Talking Tesla. Talking Tesla. Tesla. I'm not sure if like my foot should be on the brake or the accelerator. They put rings on Elon. It must be some sort of geometrical algorithm. I don't really need to touch the steering wheel there, Tom. Oh, I'm sure there's some math. So SpaceX, <laughs> here's the deal. Um, landing a rocket on a drone ship is key. Charger, 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 <laughs> charger. How am I expected to drive a car without autopilot? Safely. Charger, charger, charger. <laughs> you know, I'm not a good parker, Tom. Yeah. I'll be the first to admit it. Yeah. I just think that this is a car company that is run by super geeks. Yeah. All the other cars are going to be stupid cars compared to this car. You don't even have to I remember that. You've got a Model X. I have seen the future, and it is light pole charging. No, I wouldn't call it a screw-up. Do you like your Model X? God, it's beautiful. <laughs> Should we get started? Should we should we do this? This is Talking Tesla 191-ish, we'll call it. You sure? 191-ish. Yeah, no, we're not sure. No one's really sure what number show this is. I will tell you for sure, 100%, it is the first Talking Tesla of 2021 because everything has been different. Everything today was different. It is, as we record this, New Year's Day, January 1st, 2021, at least in North America. It may be January 2nd in some other places. It might be not. I don't know how the world works, to be honest with you. I'm not sure if there's any part of the world that's behind us. I don't believe so. Every globe I've ever seen since I was a little kid has the North America right dead center in the middle of it. So I just figure that's how that's how it works. Uh, but we have with us, we have Joel. Happy and we New have, Year. Uh, we have Melvis yo, uh, yo, in yo. Das Boot. And, and then we have Robert. And I don't know what Robert is doing over there, but he is... I'm still he's, eating my dinner. He's eating... Oh, he's eating his dinner. We see so the top we of his to record. We were supposed to record a half hour ago, so I don't know. This probably threw Robert's whole schedule off. Um, but what we've decided to do for no real good reason whatsoever is to do a best of show best of last year best of best of whatever i have no idea how this is going to go we have no idea how this is going to go but what i will tell you is for 2021 my hope is that i'm going to spend a little bit more time working on some segments and trying to do some recurring things and and see if we can get a little more structure to this train wreck of a of a show it's very doubtful that any of that's going to happen but we'll try and we'll see what happens so the the theme of this particular show like i said is best of and and i believe i don't know who put together this document that was me i did it was not it was joel of course it was because joel does everything interesting and good and so the first thing we want to talk about for 2021 is going to be best new ev Best new EV. And now, no one is really sure what the metric is for best new EV. Uh, Joel's probably going to explain this. On this show. Oh. Oh, I'm, <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Um, so, <laughs> so, Joel, I'm going to throw it to you, and you're going to please explain to us why you came up with best new EV. Okay. So, first, it was this is a first look back at 2020. And then um, Robert... Came up with a couple uh, items, I think, um, on looking forward. So really, this is um, the best. Um, what was the best EV of 2020? We have a little bit of a list here. I hope that everybody uh, on the team here can maybe add to it or subtract from it. Um, we came up with uh, the Taycan was uh, released in 2020. Uh, ID3 was released. 
uh, I believe the ID4 was also released, and Mach-E, and then uh, Model Y was also released. Um, who wants to Who wants to start uh, off? Uh, uh, I'll, I'll like to start off, Joel. This is one of the stupidest lists I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't want to put you down. I just, I just want to be honest. I want to try and keep it real because I've decided in twenty twenty one I want to just keep it real. So this is a monstrously <laughs> ridiculous list because there's only one car that mattered in twenty twenty. Only one. It's the Y. If you disagree, you're wrong. I don't care. That's the way it is. Mel, you're such a Tesla snob, but well, it's okay, true. Let's, but that's let's dive into the insanity which is Dr. Mel Herbert, which no one really wants to do, but let's do it for a minute. Now, Mel, can you, besides, you know, your hyperbolic statements, give us some reasoning in your head as to why the why is the best new EV uh, in 2020, besides the fact that this show is called Talking Tesla, of course. Uh can I? I'd like to continue with my ridiculous hyperbole because that's way more fun than actually, you know, talking like <laughs> I mean, a human being. Yeah, and once I give you the floor, you're free to do whatever you want. I have no control over what you actually say. I don't know if you knew that about this show. All right. Rather than continue with silly stick, um, I actually, I really do don't. I really do don't. I really do don't think that there's a yeah. Uh, wow. There's competition. Going to be great. Uh, because the why is what the Model Three always wanted to be. It wanted to be bigger. It wanted to be a hatchback. It wanted to be the car that Tom owns. Um, there's so much about it that it wanted to be. It, it's That's the most stupid, ridiculous <laughs> thing you've ever said. The Model 3 oh, always Tom, The Model 3 is no always going to be the Model Come 3. <laughs> no, that's that's true. The Model 3 was always the Model 3, and the Model Y was always the Model Y. I, that doesn't make... Like, they complement each other in so many ways. But But please, continue. Uh, said another way, it's just the Model 3, but better for all of those reasons stated. And just in terms of technology, yes, I think all these other cars that are, that Joel's got there are interesting, but just in terms of the tech, um, the range, uh, the cost per kilowatt hour within the batteries, the Tesla's just way ahead, just way ahead, like four years at least ahead. So I... I like these other cars. I'm glad that they're coming. I'm really excited about some of the ones we're talking about that are coming in the future, which will be an interesting discussion. But right now, uh, it's Model Y. Yeah, I, I kind of wonder if, um, you know, the Y should have been the first car released from the from the, the sort of lower-priced car lines, mainly because I think it's it's a more popular body class. Um, and, uh, and it's... I think the the best thing about the Y uh, was that it really it came out probably six to eight months earlier than most people were really suspecting, and and from that, you know, this was something where Elon uh, and company finally sort of beat their timelines and did a great job through the pandemic and whatnot. If I were to pick a car other than the Y, and I tried to ask people online other than the you know other than the Y, what would you pick? Um, I don't know, actually. <laughs> it's a it's a far second. Um, maybe actually, I don't even know if I can pick one because um, I think that the ID four is not yet. We don't know enough about the range on that, and the Mach E maybe technically isn't released yet, or maybe it's just in Europe right now. The numbers sound great, so um, maybe the competition is getting um, a little uh, better, but there's still a long way to go. 
Um, I, so I'd have to agree with the with Mel's pick, even with the hyperbole. You, sh- you just the interesting aspect of that is you asked yourself a question that you yourself could not answer. So I, I don't really understand why somebody would do that to themselves, but I'm sure it happens quite a bit on this show. But what I will say is talking about the Model 3, and this is going to get us obviously off topic, and we do this a lot, and, and I apologize for that, is I think the reason the 3 came out before the Y is because he wanted to sort of make sure that all, like they weren't ready for the technology that they wanted to put into the Y in terms of like the unibody construction that they've been talking about. They actually weren't even ready in terms of the structural battery aspect of the Y that they're thinking about doing moving forward. And so they felt like it, it, it seems like they were just closer with the three and then they were just going to hold you get the Y out, do as much of the technology as they possibly could, and and then put that out. But then they didn't even actually end up doing that, right? They ended up just making a bigger three initially and then telling us they were going to continue to dump all of this new technology into it. So it's it's weird and it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. And and uh, I'm sure Robert has something really like gripping to say about what I just said, which yeah, but, now makes no sense whatsoever. But why from like pencils up in the design studio, did they start with a three and not the Y before all the tech, before the octa valve and the, all the cool stuff that they put in the Y, why did they not do the three after the Y? I think it's probably because from a worldwide standpoint, the three body style is more wanted, right? I'm like, not sure I agree I, with that. I, no? No, he's is saying... Is that not true? Well, he he's saying, I mean, in China, in Europe, um, the, it's going to be more popular than the three. Um, he's thinking more wise than any other car altogether. So... Um, I, I, I think I do think it should have been first still um, before the three uh, in terms of just because look, if you look at what Audi came out with, what um, what Jaguar came out with, um, you know, what everybody's coming out with, they're coming out with the, the, the baby SUV, the CUV. And um, that's that's, I think, the more popular body style. Do you think it was like the the Corolla Accord effect, right? Like that. That you know, those cars are the the largest selling cars in the history of cars being sold. Right? Are these individual sedans? Right? Like yeah, but that's are, from I, an era when people were still buying sedans. People have trans- transitioned. The paradigm has changed. Right. But the then, I, then, years. then answer the que- then answer the question: Why the three? Then why did I, he do because the, three? the Y was going to suck too much power, just like the X does over the S. So maybe. They were thinking, we can't build the Y yet because our range is going to suck and our miles or our kilowatt hours per mile are going to suck until we solve some technological challenges. So let's put out the three first. We know we can make a sedan go X far and we'll work on the tech still for the next couple of years and then make the Y. Could be. Although... I think maybe it has to do with just the promise. He promised the, uh, you know, the really high priced car and then the slightly more affordable car. He got sidetracked with the X, a good sidetrack, but not 
you know, it was a sidetrack. And then he had promised, okay, we're going to come up with the affordable sedan. But really, from a price perspective, should have gone all the way down, should have kept going down to the price range, gone down, gone to the Y. And now here we could have a true $35,000 Model 3 with all the improvements that they've come up with, which might play well in uh, in, in areas. And, and we'll, we'll see what ultimately they come out with in Europe. But in the end, though, I still think 2020, the Y is the best. I just want to, uh, since I'm the arbiter of everything that is right and correct, and I think we all agree with that, <laughs> I'm going to say that Joel's explanation is the best, but it's also wrong. Um, <laughs> but it's definitely the best, okay? I don't know the reason. Why did they have to have a $35,000 car? Why didn't they just go to the Y and say, yeah, we're coming down in price. It's the car that people want. But if you are going to make a $35,000 car, that makes the most sense because, uh, you know, you can't make a a Y for $35,000 yet. Well, honestly, and this was one of those things that I put on my list of things that I'm looking forward to seeing or having announced in 2021 is the Tesla small uh, footprint car. The car that really people want, people who live in Europe, in cities which have really tight quarters, or in Hong Kong. I don't know if you've ever tried to drive in Hong Kong, but there's no way you're going to get a Model S or a Model X through many of the streets in Hong Kong. That's a challenge. So people really, I think, want a small format car. Not only is it smaller and easier to navigate, but it's also going to be less expensive and more affordable for everyone. I think that's really what Tesla, you know, that's the car of Tesla's future. That's my opinion. So can you just, I know we're going back in time here. I'm sorry. No, I'm not. I'm not sorry at all. The three is a great car, but why didn't they just make it a hatchback? Because that alone makes that car so much more functional in terms of being able to throw stuff in there and the internal space. Why didn't they just do three for all of those reasons and just make it a hatchback? Because of the glass roof. They wanted that one-piece glass roof, and they would have to break it and create, like the Model S has, two separate sections of glass. They wanted to make it one piece of glass. It's less expensive, fewer parts, and it's actually, I think, part of the, the strength of the car. The strength of the car being being the not the not the integral, not the like engineering strength of the car, the selling strength of the car. Is actually, the, I was thinking engineering strength of the car. Oh, uh, the engineering strength of the car. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I don't. I, again, I don't. Yeah, from an engineering strength, I, I'll let I'll defer to you on that. I think from like a, just a user driver aspect. I've been in the thing for a couple of years now. I'm not sure it matters that it has a glass roof, to be completely frank with you, with all of you guys, right? Like, I don't spend a whole lot of time looking up at the glass roof. Like, that's just not... It, it's it's weirdly not a factor. And again, maybe it is for my passengers. I've never asked them. But, but I've never been like, thank goodness this car has a glass roof because, man, it would suck otherwise. Who's Tesla's target audience? It's typically uh, men. It's typically uh, N20s to 30s and 40s. Who has kids? That group. When you put your kids in that car and you're in the Tesla showroom and the kids are like, Dad, I'm mad. look, I can see through. Mom. I think it's just a sales point. That's all I think it is. I think it's just, it's there. It is cool. I agree. I don't actually look at it. Sometimes 
when I put my car into nap mode. So I have different, uh, different modes set with my seats. And one is nap mode, which puts me all the way back in the most comfortable position to take a nap. Then I really appreciate it. But other than that, I couldn't care less. But if you're trying to move numbers, putting that in there and catching people in the showroom, that, that serves a purpose. All right, we're going to move on in a minute, but Mel has some No, it's words. just, I, this, I feel bad about, I feel bad about what I'm going to say. I mean, I feel really bad about it, but I agree with, I agree with Tom. I mean, uh, <laughs> the, uh, I was saying that, thinking the same things, like that glass roof is just, it's great for show, but a hatchback is for dough, baby. That thing is useful. Whereas the glass roof yeah. looks good on an advertisement, and I love it when you go outside and there's a little rain on it, and it's got all the funky colors, but... Uh, yeah. Five minutes after you uh, drive the car, like never use it again. The one place where the big giant glass uh, windscreen works is in the X. In the X, X that right. thing is fantastic. You drive to Yellowstone, you, you feel like you're in a helicopter. So if you've got that right. kind of configuration, it works. But in the three, eh. Yeah, and I, and I do, I think, you know, maybe they felt like because all of the other storage and they really wanted to differentiate it and make it a sedan, right? You had the front, you had the trunk, you had the under trunk area, right? There's a lot of storage in the three. And if you put, and if you put your seats down, I mean, you can hold a lot. Again, I really, I, I agree. I wish that that thing was gone, right? I wish it was a hatchback. I wish that back cross piece was gone. I was cleaning the inside of my three today and I vacuumed that for the first time in two years. <laughs> I was like, wow, there's a lot of dust on that thing. So basically it's a dust collector that doesn't actually have any utility except for if you have car seats in your three, that's where you strap the like last safety strap to it. But so, so we're in agreement. The Model Y is the best new EV. The only other EV that really is released in the States is the Taycan, I think, out of this list. Yep. Um, and I've never actually, I don't think I've actually seen one in the wild. Maybe one has showed up in Cars and Coffee, but I haven't seen one in the wild. Very expensive car. The VW ID3, the VW ID4, the Mach-E. I guess, I mean, it's really hard to have a list of best new EVs when they're just like, I don't know, they're not really out and about and available here. But so... We're going to move on from that. The Model Y was clearly the best new EV of the year. And people are going to say, oh, this show is biased. You guys are biased. But, you know, whatever. We Send are. us a letter. Send we us a letter and, uh, you know, share your argument to why we're wrong. Because <laughs> we can't all be wrong. Arguably, we? we should have had two categories. Best new EV Tesla and best new EV everything else. But I think that that makes no sense whatsoever because Tesla only put out one new car. What, what are you talking well, about? Well, there might be a, there might be this year where they put out more than one new car. Who knows? But I'm wondering why the Aptera didn't end up on this list because I thought that was the best new EV, and I think that rocks because it's not announced. It's not out. It's announced, and it's on the list of best announced EVs. Yeah, so scroll we're down, man. Get on to that. But 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 uh, the next. Them. The next thing on the list is the top space story. So the list of things is only four deep on this particular one. And actually, I would say we're going to, I'm going to add one as I go along. So, because I, I think there's a fifth here. Okay, go the ahead. SpaceX, SpaceX launches 26 rockets. That's 26 stories, oddly enough. Uh, SpaceX Crew 1 goes to the International Space Station. Pretty big deal. The Chang'e 5 moon mission. Pretty big deal. 
the Boeing. You got to stop, Robert, because I can't <laughs> see the list. The Boeing software. The Boeing software failure, and and Joel will explain that. The SN8 best flight of the year, and I will say the touch and go mission to the asteroid is what I would potentially add to this oh, list as well Ibusa. because I, I. Th- I think that one's pretty interesting. So uh, we'll go. I'm going to start with you, Melvis. Uh, Of these stories on this list, uh, what do you believe is the top space story of the year? Unlike the prior list, this is an outstanding list because any one of these things (laughs) is uh, pretty fun, cool, and amazing. Now, a lot of people are going to do this wrong, and they're going to choose the SpaceX Crew 1 because, you know, Bob and Doug McKenzie were flown up to the space station and there was human beings. And if it goes bad, then there's going to be pieces of Bob and Doug McKenzie all over the world. And so that was exciting. And we we're all very tentative and worried. Yeah, exactly. How are you going, E? But that's actually the wrong answer. That's, it's, that's the sucker answer. That's the kind of person who doesn't really know how to do multiple choice. That's the sucker answer. The real answer, of course, is um, SN8. Because at the end of that very exciting thing, it blew the hell up, and uh, it doesn't <laughs> like a good explosion. So that's the best one. All right, all right, Joel. I'm gonna let you go next because this is your hoser. list. That's the hoser choice. So I I'm gonna go with um, Boeing and um, the Starliner um, failure. This was um, I mean we've seen SpaceX for a while um, sort of do amazing and. They SpaceX uh, with a failure. What was it a a year ago uh, with um, the Dragon capsule and when it exploded, they gave Starliner a chance to um, to to sort of be the first to space with uh, with a crew uh, with a commercial crew. Um, but when Boeing did their first demo of the Starliner, uh, they couldn't they couldn't get to the to the uh, ISS. And it turned out that not only did they have, um, you know, one or two issues, they had something like 90 separate issues that were not only just failures in software, it was failures in management, um, even failures by NASA, thinking that this big company that they've always trusted for years and years could do this job really well. And it turned out that they couldn't do the job well at all. And so... Even though, you know, yeah, we have SpaceX uh, launching 26 rockets, which is uh, a record. Um, and I think it's pretty close to the uh, more than any other country, um, more than any other thing in the United States for sure. But I think more than China, China had right around the same number, but I think they beat that. Um, that's a big story. But I think really it's sort of the end of um, some of the big uh the big space companies that uh have a, a stronghold on uh in space and and so that's that's my get that's my pick and and that's a big story because it opens the door for other companies is that why you think yep, it's, it's a, a yeah yeah it, it's a it's a changing of the guard this that was the beginning of the changing of the guard not necessarily okay. spacex getting there uh to space it's actually boeing failing so so badly okay robert 737 max <laughs> yeah i mean it's 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 a there's a management issue that's happening the engineers are amazing from everything i've heard 
but it's definitely a management issue um, is getting all these things aligned. Like the, in, in one case, the, the, the capsule didn't know what the rock, the actual time. And it thought that the, it was somewhere else um, in the timeline. And that's partly where it failed. So it is pretty impressive to see such a massive failure from this stalwart American organization. And it's so, so disappointing. And I, I agree. I think that there are probably a number of management books that need to be written about this. Joel, maybe you should start getting your typewriter out uh, to talk about how sit, resting on your laurels. I think we, we can all, most of us are getting older. So we've been through a cycle or two of this. Yeah, I know Tom's shaking his head because he's the only one on the show without gray hair. Uh, so most of us have gone through this cycle a few times where you've kind of gotten a little comfortable with something and then something or someone just kind of knocks you off your stool and you realize, holy S, I got to, you know, I got to change. I got to do something different. And to see that happen in such an enormous company that literally is like responsible for the, the economy of the Pacific Northwest of the entire country, other than Starbucks, uh, it's impressive and sad all at the same time. And I hope that this will um, sort of the effects and the realization will ripple out and get other people to um, embrace, you know, some of what Elon uh, begrudgingly by many people practices, which is this quick turnaround and high level of criticality and take no excuses and sometimes make changes that are really fast and dilatorious, like damaging, but still trying to continue to push. And I think the, there was an article we talked about last year of the wartime CEO. Uh, I don't remember who brought that to the show, if that was Mel or myself, but this Did whole- Did you like, like it? It was probably me then. If it was it good, was, it was, was like, me. It was a good, it was like a business, <laughs> yeah, it was, it was a business uh, magazine article <laughs> about the difference between CEOs who are constantly under threat. Your company is about to go bankrupt, just having to push, you know, pedal to the metal to, to get things done without over considering the risk and the downside and what people will think or what people will say. And I think that's what pushed everything in the Elon sphere to do so well. The only thing I was going to add was um, that this is, even though it's, it's not exactly space, um, this year, SpaceX, I'm sorry, this year, Tesla passed Boeing in market capitalization. And uh, but Boeing really dropped for a couple big reasons, probably more because of um, the 737 MAX um, being uh, grounded. But uh, you may even see this year or this, you know, 2021, see SpaceX valuation pass Boeing's valuation. So. That's yeah, I wouldn't amazing. be. Yeah, I mean, I think the. But maybe I'll leave I mean, that get, for my future pick. Yeah, I get the whole Boeing thing, and I don't want to go too far into that. But what I will say is that what we do far too often in this in this world is we penalize these companies because they make like these 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 mistakes, right? They're, like Boeing reached for it when they were going for the 737 MAX. Like there was a real good reason behind that plane. There was a real good reason for them to go in that direction. They were really trying to compete really heavily with Airbus and provide a, a plane for 
Boeing's long-term future, right? Like that was the idea behind it. And they had some problems. I don't want to penalize Boeing because they they reached because this is what we want our companies to do. And and Boeing, the 737 Max, they will figure out the 730s. They're already figuring it out. They've already had more orders in the last couple of weeks. So and, and I don't want to belabor that, but I do I agree. I think they they had some problems. Hopefully they can fix them. Market cap for Tesla is ridiculous. We all know market cap for Tesla is ridiculous. We've had we've had conversations about that it's not ridiculous and then we've had conversations that it is ridiculous. On some levels it's ridiculous. I think the market is generally in a ridiculous point. But my top space story of the year, if you're going to ask me out of this we list is for is for sure the 26 launches because I think more than anything that has showed the proof of concept. You can put a lot of rockets up in the air. You can put a lot of multiple payload, a lot of different kinds of payloads on that same rocket. Mm -hmm. You can reuse that rocket. You can catch that rocket. You can save other parts of the rocket fairing, right? You can do all kinds of things. And that to me is impressive because I don't think anybody in the history of I mean, for sure, not in the history of commercial space. And I'm pretty sure NASA has never come close to 26, like 26 launches in a year on top of a bunch of test flights in Boca Chica. And they're launching in Vandenberg. They're launching in Texas. They're launching in Florida. Like that's an impressive, that's an impressive story in my opinion. That's my pick. I would have honestly picked SpaceX Crew-1, uh, because I think that captured the imagination of the world for whatever reason. Like I think that people were really glued to that mission and, and that's always a good thing. It was like being back in the first few space shuttle launches again. And a lot of kids probably got excited by that. So if I had to go one, a one B SpaceX 26 launches and crew one, that would be, that would be my pick. Uh, and screw you, Mel. Um, uh, Joel, no, Joel, would you like to say wrong. something about? Just, something? just be clear. Yeah, I, I, yeah, that's that's fine. Uh, well, I was going to go to Joel because he was going to say something nice, probably. Yeah, I uh, <laughs> I was going to say that. Um, I think I agree. Um, it's it's a uh, it's pretty amazing what SpaceX has done um, this year, and they're they're I think they're planning on so twenty six launches means every other week. By SpaceX, um, with 52, 52 um, weeks in the year, they average about every other week, uh, and I don't know. I think it, it's it's pretty good, and they think they're going to do a lot more next year. So that it, which is absolutely crazy, and I don't even think that counts. Well, not that it should, maybe. <laughs> um, like SN, you know, the all the uh, the test firings and the the hops and stuff like that that happened with uh, with Starship. So. Um, you know, I think they're doing pretty well. Um, yeah, I, I mean, it's an amazing story, and they've they've proven that they can do space inexpensively, right? And that is that's the key to the Mars thing that all three of you morons want SpaceX to be able to do, which is to get human beings to Mars. Yeah, Robert's yeah. now going to pay attention because he heard me call people morons. Um, <laughs> but what? I, yeah, like like that's the only way Mars happens is be, if SpaceX can figure out the exciting thing. And the newest story, and I don't know if this came out, this had to have come out 
before this year. But I think the the theory but that they've now come down to where they're going to try to catch heavy on the landing pad yes. is a very very dicey sort of thing to try to pull off because if they don't pull that off they're going to they're going to possibly damage their launch site right which is probably not such a great idea but, but it's going to make will- mel so happy <laughs> when <laughs> that's that true mel big thing blows up yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't really get it, and the, uh, like, I don't get the that theory behind it is that, like, theoretically, they'll be able to turn that thing around in an hour. Uh, that's weird. I don't see that. I don't see their, them any way being able to do that because it, like, w- they wouldn't be able to add a payload to it, and like, there's all kinds of. It's fraught with peril, in my personal opinion, and I don't understand why they would want to do that. No, actually, the reason they're doing it is because I asked them to. I said, look, uh, the, the the size of the explosion that could occur, uh, doing it like that would be tremendous. So why don't we give that a try? And they said, yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I don't really actually even understand what they're going to try to catch, right? Because is it? it's three boosters. Are they only going to try to catch one on the pad? Like, they literally, like, the story three that boosters. I read was like. What are you talking about? Yeah. Talking they were trying. ship. Yes. There's the the booster no. and the starship. I thought it was super heavy, heavy. Super that they heavy. were talking about. Yeah, no, super heavy. So isn't that three boosters? No, you're thinking of okay. Falcon Heavy, which is oh, different. Yes, I was from clearly. Super Heavy. Super Heavy is the booster for the Starlink, so it's the big thirty okay. two feet wide or huge giant with twenty eight plus engines on it. That's what they were going to want to capture because they want to be able to turn it around in uh, an hour. That's freaking nuts. But wow, how cool would that be? That means that they could actually make a window. You know, you know, Mars only comes close to Earth once every like 26 months. I think it's 26 months. Yep, it's 26. And, And within that close period, which is probably something around three to six months, you can only launch in those three to six months and you can only come back uh, within those three to six months. So you've got to, if you're going to get a million people to Mars with all of the Starbucks and all of the bedrolls and all of the structures and everything that you need to, you're going to have to launch a lot, a lot, a lot. And so that's right, going to take... So, so what would they be doing then, right? So what is the... Okay, I know we've talked about this a little bit. I don't want to go too far, but like the last question that I have about this particular thing is, right? So they bring Super Heavy back. Is that what it's called? Correct. Super Heavy? They bring Super Heavy back. They put it on the launch... They catch it on the launch pad. And then all they're really going to do at that point is refuel it and send it back up without a nose cone attached to it? Are they going to add another? Like, Because I know the one of the ideas was they launch a starship into space, it starts to go around the Earth, and then they send another ship up to it to refuel it before it goes on to Mars, right? So like, is that the idea is they wouldn't be adding another starship to the top of it? They right, would just be refueling it and sending it back up empty? Because you'll need like six super heavies to fuel one starship to be full to then go to Mars. Okay. So that's why you need a lot of super heavies going up and down, so, up and down, so that, up and that, down. 
that that's likely going to be the story of 2021. I mean, we could take predictions and bets on that if they can pull that off. If they can actually turn around a super heavy in, I'll even say a day, right, 24 hours, right, uh, and be able to do that, that will be the the story of 2021. Actually, the story of 2021 uh, has already occurred, and that is Joel with two pens trying to describe what was going on. He looked like he was five years old, and it was very very entertaining. <laughs> Yeah, but no, but no one but us will will unless we post this video to the Patreon. Now, the next which we uh, topic of conversation, which should have been the second topic of conversation if we would have done this in some sort of proper order, is the best EV announced in 2020. And this is a pretty good list. This would be the Tesla Model 25K. I don't know that that actually was announced. I thought that was announced in 2019 and and will never happen, but anyways. Uh, no, I GM... think actually uh, Elon said in a tweet, which of course is just as good as a company's formal disclosure at the annual shareholders. No, that, that for sure counts in this particular instance. He at least for the, that, S- the SEC. Yeah. He said that uh, Gigafactory Berlin was going to produce a compact Tesla. Okay. All right. So that's a, that's an official announcement and, and uh, <laughs> likely the front runner. Uh, we have the GM Hummer. I think that's pretty cool. The Ford F one fifty is not on this list. The that was last next year. one is the the. Uh, that's probably a good reason why the Buick Lyric, which is a an EV that was announced, and I don't know that I've actually heard of that one. Uh, yeah. So there you have the, there you have that one. The Aptera EV, which we discussed on this very show, and I added the Canoe, which is okay. a, a, another LA based uh, company doing a trying to do a very a modular sled and they make they're making an electronic delivery van that can be turned into all kinds of different things like you can turn it into a food truck you can turn it into all kinds of things this was uh announced i found this out because i follow there's a chef in town uh roy Choi, who owns kogi kogi barbecue uh, which is a Korean taco trucks and kind of started the food truck craze or reignited the food truck craze in Los Angeles. And he's got a partnership with Canoe. So I found it on his Instagram feed. And this is a pretty good looking uh, vehicle. They they put it out. They claimed it's going to have 250 miles of range and be able to charge uh, 80% in a, in a short amount of time. Again, who knows? It's pretty inexpensive based on the information on their on their website. And... Uh, they're making it in 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 the Henry Ford style. You can have any color you want as long as it's black. Um, <laughs> and they will on their website. They say any color wrap will be available. So basically, they're they're kind of building it so people can put their company logos on it and wrap it. And if they can pull this off at the price point, I think it may be the best announced EV. But for me right now, and I'll go first. I will say. The one I'm most excited about on that list, sadly, is the Hummer, just because I'm really curious to see that thing uh, in the wild. And I will go this time. I will let Robert go next. Sorry, Joel. Yeah, well, I'm sorry the Rivian uh, has been sitting for so long in the best announced category that it fell off this year's best announced. Yeah, because, it, I mean, it really was announced. I mean, even the yeah. canoe was announced a couple of years ago technically but they kind of showed more pictures this year but 
It, it that's a hard Sorry. one. No, it's fine because it's kind of a hard one because even Zooks I heard about before and technically lyric there were whispers about the previous year in Hummer, but it was more when does an official announcement count, right? But anyway, Robert, sorry. Yeah, I think the Aptera is the one that intrigues me and excites me the most. And uh, we talked about that one or two shows ago, the Aptera EV, which looks kind of like a wing. It's only three wheels, two front, one rear. It's technically a motorcycle, and it's all made out of composites. So the the shell, and this is really what I want to see, is supposed to be really sturdy. And if that thing can... I know it doesn't have to pass any kind of a crash test, but if it could, damn, I would I'm, I would consider getting one of those things just for kind of looking cool and getting around town. And that I think that just looks so cool. And and watching uh, watching Jay Leno drive it around, I think was what sold me. So high five to them getting Jay Leno on board. Can you explain why it doesn't need to be crash tested? Is that because it's a motorcycle? It's a motorcycle. No. But they say it knows hope- that if you crash your motorcycle, you die. So, you know, yes. <laughs> you don't need to test that. Yes. All right. So next uh, next up is going to be Joel. Best announced EV from this list of that grows every moment we talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Um, I would say, um, so on battery day, uh, Elon also announced, I'm going to put that in air quotes, um, a $25,000 car. Um, And he also announced that the both China and Germany would announce. So I guess it's sort of all in that big bucket. Um, And I think I'd go with that. um, Because if it's a 250-mile-plus car, I think that, that makes it a you know, something exciting and something interesting to see. And hopefully not something with a lot of compromises, but something that actually could be almost as good as, or as good as the Model 3, but is $25,000. And that's sort of what we got with the Model 3, is we got a car that was, you know, almost as good as the S, or in some people say better than the S, but a, a much less in price. So... The Model 3 is better than the S, except for the lack of a hatchback, in my opinion. Thank you, and I'll go back Melvis. to my prior point. They could have just done that, but whatever. Uh, so do you want to know the right answer? Um, I'll tell you the right answer. <laughs> I'll, yes, I want, I'd love to. Wait, hold on a second. Uh, now we'll hear from Mel the Narcissist. Thank you. Thank you. Um, <laughs> uh, it's because I have a very small heart that I need to fill it with, you know, ridiculous uh, things and sycophants all around me. I think you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. No, for sure. So the GM Hummer, I'm with you, Tom. I want that thing to exist just because it would be cool to have that thing exist and I would like to get in one. Um, so, But that's not the answer. And in fact, the right answer, the correct answer, is uh, not on this list. The correct answer is the 520-mile range S because that is going to drag all the other Teslas up to a higher range. And it's clearly the right answer and whoever uh, made this list is an ignorant slut. Wow, Joel, Man. you are getting murdered Ooh. here. And I will have to say, um, 
Yeah. Yeah, I agree with I, Mel. You really you really <laughs> screwed the pooch on the pick on this list, Joel. It's yes, almost as if it's almost as if it's almost as if you weren't even trying to put together a comprehensive and quality <laughs> list. What the hell is wrong with you? Oh yeah. my god. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I guess I did forget this. the yeah, the plaid. Yeah. So, all right. There we go. This is That's the why we have we'll you guys here. List. We'll never do lists because whoever creates the list knows that they're going to be so destroyed by the other three yeah. that it's just not worth it. Or it's going to prove to the person with the biggest ego that can just take the abuse. So that would be also you. That's right. I can take it. I don't care. That's good. Oh, that's, that's amazing. Here's All right, how my so list we have... would go, though. You know my lists. It would be best EV announced. Uh-huh. Uh, Plaid. Uh, best EV uh, why? I, there wouldn't be a list. It'd just be one because I made it, so it's right. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's a good point. There wouldn't be any. So, so we have uh, one and a half votes for the Hummer, uh, one vote for the Aptera. Joel voted for the the Tesla Vapor vehicle at twenty five thousand <laughs> at twenty five thousand um, dollars. I think the winner is the the GM Hummer in that particular instance because it got one and a half votes. Nice. And that was the one that you liked. So, of course, no nepotism or anything. I am sort of leading the show, yeah. uh, taking St- taking Joel's list and, and just going Stop forward the steal. It. Stop the steal. This is uh, <laughs> this voting. Stop the steal. <laughs> I just want to throw in that the Zooks does look really interesting and – just three weeks ago, the Santa Monica City Council uh, announced that they had given uh, a special permit permission for vehicles that are these autonomous delivery vehicles. And what they showed on the picture was the Zooks. They gave them permission to operate within the city. So I'm looking forward to this little, you know, boxy, what, are they, what do we call them? The toasters. Toasters. Just, yeah, this yeah. little toaster on wheels coming around and I I'll order a pizza just to see that thing come up. Yeah, I mean the canoe looks a little bit like the toaster. I think you know other vehicles that we left off the list, I you know earlier on on not on this list but the Kia electric vehicles that we saw at the LA Audio Auto Show, I think those came out in 2020 and those are being pretty well uh you know accepted as it as it pertains to it. But we'll we'll uh We'll we'll have one last comment from Mel Herbert, and then we'll move on to the next topic, which will be really even better than the other topics. It's actually uh, it's on the uh, document here. Where is the Rivian? When will we see that? What is the update? The world wants to. Know. I think the I think the problem is the I broke the prototype when they announced it, and they just really have never recovered from that. <laughs> they keep getting they keep getting a lot of money. Um, and not putting out any vehicles. So I don't really, I don't know. I mean, they, they're in a lot of trouble if, in my opinion, if Ford beats them to market. If, they, if Ford gets the F-150 out, I think Rivian is going to have a really hard time catching up because what they had going for them was that it was a beautiful truck, looked a lot like an F-150, had a lot more technology, but like a lot of these car companies that we have talked about over the 190 previous episodes or so, uh, they just they can't get their freaking cars out because of who knows why. Like, who knows why? That's just, yeah, like, I totally agree with that. And that's why over the years I always get annoyed 
at the vaporware and the new sexy Tesla killer, uh, like Elon said, until you actually start to make a car at volume, you're playing. Anybody can make a prototype. Anybody can come out and say, my car's the best car. Until you're actually in the world, yeah. physically, at volume, uh, it's all poopy pants. That's why Tesla is so far ahead. Right. And even Tesla was was part of this, right? The Roadster, right? The Roadster was for sure part of this, right? This was a, a bespoke vehicle. They weren't making a lot of them. Sure, it was their proof of concept. They got them out in the world. People liked them. They had their problems here, there, and the other thing. But Tesla grew up and they put out some additional vehicles. They've had their bumps. But at the end of the day, they put out cars, like put them out, let the world see what's, you know, what's wrong with them, what's right with them. Uh, support them, and and then you know move on, move on to the next bit. So I'm going to throw one more vehicle on here, and no, I know that, you don't this want is me not to. your no. That, that's not how this works, Robert. There's what? the Archimoto, which is another three wheeled vehicle that right. I think is this. Just I know we're again a bunch of old guys who are thinking about cars, but these three wheeled electric alternative type get you around vehicles. This one's only a two-seater. You sit, you know, one front, one back, kind of like a motorcycle. It's got a cage around it. It's three wheels. Again, doesn't have to be crash tested, but this thing has picked up a F ton of buzz. And um, I think that's also going to be something important coming through. And that's the one that's actually in production. So now I'm totally in the right. wrong, I'm in the wrong category, adding, I'm breaking all the rules Okay. I'll turn my mic off now. Okay. Yeah, that's great, dude. Um, As so you were, Tom. Next, the next uh, thing we're going to discuss is what was the biggest battery announcement of 2020? And I think I'll go through the list, uh, but I also feel like Joel is going to get hit pretty hard on this one as well. So you have the first one is cost reductions at Tesla Battery Day. So he was very specific, not just Tesla Battery Day, but cost reductions at Tesla Battery Day. The next one is LG signs a massive $10 billion deal to make batteries in Indonesia. Tesla Battery Researcher shows new test results pointing to batteries lasting over 2 million miles. Battery startup backed by Volkswagen and Tesla co-founder J.B. Straubel, QuantumScape, goes public. And we will start with you, Joel. Hmm. Um, you do know you made the list, right? Yeah. Like, I, now he's struggling. Yeah, with <laughs> I did. And I, I don't know if I had, you know, my, uh, my, my biggest announcement. Um, I mean, there's a, there's a couple others here, too, uh, that we could have added. Um, you know, the problem with battery, well, we will, the, you guys will do it. I'll let you guys do that instead. Obviously, I think the things that kicked all this off, uh, there's, uh, and actually there's one that sort of goes with the LG one. I'm going to pick the LG one actually, partly because it, it may be, um, wrong or right, but I'm pretty sure at the same time, Tesla also made announcements that they wanted to invest in LG, um, in the LG battery piece aside of uh, LG and secondly uh, they were also doing a deal and uh, they were trying to do a deal in Indonesia as well so we don't know yet and maybe we know later on in this year Tesla might may or may not be behind it but I'm going to go with the LG uh, this LG deal um, because I think the nice thing about this deal uh, 
for this story, and we haven't talked about the story yet, is Indonesia said, hey, no strip mining. They said, um, you can't just take nickel out of our country. You need to actually have a value product coming out of the country. You need to employ not just miners, but then, again, I guess you're going to do battery battery folks or metal folks or whatever, and you're going to uh, then export those goods out of the country. So I think it's a, it's good because it's kind of the right way to do things, and I think maybe Tesla might be behind it as well. Yeah, I don't, I don't think at the end of the day, LG is likely to do anything good for workers in Indonesia, but you know, that's my own personal anti-corporate bias in, in, in some way, shape or form. Um, but that's, I will, that's uh, Indonesia's though. Indonesia is forcing them to make batteries there and not just mine nickel and export nickel out to wherever the next cheapest place is. So it's not on. So I, I, yeah, I hesitate to throw this to Mel next because I feel like he should actually be going last in every single one of these uh, particular one, situations. Yeah, but was, but, yeah, I, but I, but I do want to I do want to throw it to you, Mel, because I I, I want to know no, what you feel. No, uh, you right. Basically, because I feel like I want to do like I actually want to do Joel and then Mel and then Robert and then I can go last and then it feels like it might be might a little be softer on my ego. No, let's uh, let's go to Robert because I really do need to go last because I am the avatar of all the things that are correct. So let's go to Robert. Robert, you're up. I'll tell you what what isn't the most important story here. So I'm I'm going on the anti Joel timeline here. Is that the that Jeff Dahl shows that the Tesla uh, batteries, the 4680 cells, will last two million miles because. That is so absolutely irrelevant because let's just say the average person drives 15,000 miles a year. I think that's actually kind of a high estimate. Most people, especially now in pandemic times, but forget that, drive less than that. If you have a battery that's going to last 2 million miles and you drive 15,000 miles a year, you know how long that battery is going to last in your <coughs> car? 133 years. It's I not need about that. your car. It's about I need robo that. cabs and it's about trucks that drive all day, every day. All right. But even at that, a hundred I mean like two million miles, that's that's a very long time. And it's I, true, but we talked about New York City cabs going, you know, that how many miles like that's a very small little island. Obviously there are boroughs and stuff like that, but you know, they're doing two, three hundred thousand miles a year in, in New York City cabs. So yeah, they're they're averaging um, almost two hundred thousand miles a year, according to uh, a study from uh, uh, of the taxi cabs. So then you know that's ten years. Yeah, and but man, can you imagine what a, a smelly what a cab would smell like <laughs> after ten years? Oh my lord! At, at the end of the year, well. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, even at the end of a shift, to be honest with you, but <laughs> ten years in, like, whew, you'd have to have like some serious HEPA, some some biohazard filtration going on inside the car, let alone outside, let alone outside that vehicle. All right, Robert, you're up. Biggest battery announcement. So you said what isn't, but what is? I think it's Tesla changing the entire paradigm of battery production. They've changed but that's the, not on this list. Well, that's, that's cost my... reductions of Tesla battery day. So I'm just giving you the elements of that. I think that mm -hmm. the way Tesla has changed it, so they've gone directly to dry um, uh, electrolyte deposition. 
that they've changed the structure of the batteries so that they are now, quote, tabless, which really means they're all tab, that they can use the tabs to cool them, which no one else is doing. No one, no one has announced any of these elements ahead of Tesla, and Tesla announced all of them, which is part of why the battery is going to last 2 million miles, because they can keep it so temperature controlled. That's the main reason. And their chemistry is so solid. So I think that is the absolute top. And this is part of the reason why I still remain kind of pissed that every time I look to buy back into Tesla, the freaking stock keeps going up and up and up and up and up. And I'm like, where? I just, yeah. So I'll just. Yeah, I, I think it's a hard one. But the, but that's why, I, you know, when I started this, I I think the cost reduction aspect of battery day, like while it's important, don't get me wrong, I think it's it's like the least important thing that happened on battery day. And I think, Robert, you hit on the rest of the stuff, the chemistry, the structure, the density. If they were doing all of that stuff and not being able to reduce costs, that stuff would still be the biggest story of the year, right? Like we would all agree on that. Like battery day in general was, in my opinion, the biggest story of the year because of all of the technology that they created, because of, of the fact that they think they can do this in scale, because for them, an individual making an individual cell bigger is indeed in a lot of ways, a five X of scale, right? It, it, in a lot of ways, like if you have one battery instead of five, then you've instantly, you know, X'd up your, your scale and ability to make individual cells enough individual cells to move a car. Yes, Joel. You, you don't get the cost reductions without the technology changes. You don't get the you don't get the uh, reductions in uh, the uh, lightweightness of this. The you don't get the the reductions in price by if you don't have the structural pack. You don't get the reductions if you don't have the larger forty six eighty cells. You don't get that um, by using um, cheaper silicon. You don't get it from um, because they're using it's it's all those things all together that make that cheaper so they they weren't just going and i think the biggest part of battery day was reductions because that's what really is going to accelerate but the technology is there to actually advance the reduction in price i i feel like you proved my point there but thank you so much because okay. i think like regardless of all of that stuff if it hadn't been cheaper all that stuff would be amazing right if it was the same cost all of those things would be amazing. You wouldn't right? do so them, it's, though. It's, you just wouldn't do them. Well, I think you would because I think you get, I think you get the if you can make a cell instead of five cells. Again, you've 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 upped your ante and ability to make more vehicles, right? Like if you just talk about it in terms of of that, like a million of the new bigger cells is five million of the old smaller cells. So. Just, right? just you, tell me when you, you want million, the answer. You get... Just tell me when you want the answer. I'm, I'm going to get to you, Mel. Don't, don't you, don't you fret none. All right. So, um, and now, now the inimitable Dr. Mel Herbert will tell us why we're all wrong, and why he's right. I just need to make things very clear for you because I'm clearly working with people that um, are not working at my level. It's all about <laughs> cost reduction. It's all about cost reduction. 
The only thing that matters is cost reduction. If you can get that price down so that the cars are cheaper, so that storage is cheaper, so that you can get it to more people, you'll get a $25,000 car, get a $20,000 car, you completely change how solar is used, how wind is used. It's all about cost reduction. So therefore, I say, Joel, for once, for once, got it right. Okay. Accelerating the advent, baby. <laughs> uh, it's, good to, right. it's good to be the king. I got to tell you, it will go to your head yeah, pretty no, quickly. It, I got to tell you. It's yeah no I can see I don't know this next uh, segment I don't it doesn't have a title oh geez it, did, it got deleted it did at one point but I think this is basically the biggest green story of 2020 so the biggest green story and for us obviously we're talking when we talk about a green story we say what is the we'll, we'll say what's the story on this list that's had going to have or will have the biggest impact on making a positive move towards reversing or slowing climate change? Is that is that the way you guys want to kind of frame these five stories? And the first story is Microsoft announcing they will be carbon negative by 2030. So that's a single company. Apple committing to be 100% carbon neutral for its supply chain and products by also by 2030. The ITC extension, which is the Solar Investment Tax Credit. The U.S. presidential change of focus on renewable energies. Or COVID-19's impact on pollution. And we will start with Robert. Yeah, I'm going to start with why it doesn't matter. The COVID impact on pollution. I was very, I shouldn't say I was very excited about that because I've gotten... I deal on the other side of the COVID-19 uh, curtain, if you will. But to think that something good could come of the COVID pandemic in that we are not polluting as much, um, initially thought, wow, that's going to be a little you know, bright spot in this dark horizon. But I believe that we have had a number of stories that, that it will not work. It's not going to help. It's not going to change significantly the, the trajectory that we're going. And I think we covered that once or twice. Now, you've thrown in an article here that, Joel, I've completely ignored. So you're probably going to tell me, no, they've recalculated everything. But um, my thinking is that um, Apple setting this example, to me, is the top story off this list, except that I want it to happen before 2030. Because... 2030 is a long time away. That's nine years from today. That is a long time. Do you know what's going to happen between now and then? In fact, my understanding is that we were supposed to make serious climate changes by 2025 or the, the pooch is flown and we're not going to you know, get out of this downward spiral that is climate change. So I would like to say the Apple story, but I want it to be kicked up five years. I want them to push for the, quote, impossible. Joel? So I think if um, if I was writing this list, uh, I would have put um, companies in general, like Microsoft and Apple um, um, and others, like Walmart's doing, the, uh, is, is saying they're going to do the same um, with their supply chain. I think companies getting out in front, uh, 
and not only trying to to reduce their own usage, but then their supply chain. And in Microsoft's case, uh, Amazon is all is I think was also this year too. If you put all those together, that becomes um, a fairly sizable impact. I kind of I kind of like that. Um, I'm excited about a few of these things. And I think the, the only reason that I put in COVID, though, uh, was because I think it just sort of signals to countries that we could do things differently in some ways. Maybe we could change how people get to work and, and, and maybe that might make a difference. You know, I know it's not permanent um, for sure. And it's going to, um, in some places, it's already bounced back. But I think that was sort of the idea why I put that. But I think I would put corporate, if I could change the the question here a little bit, I would group corporations committing to large-scale um, reductions. Um, I think, like I said, Amazon and Walmart are on that list as well. I think I'd pick that. I, I think if I were to pick... Yeah, I, I think the only thing, the difference between the Apple one and the Microsoft one is Microsoft wants to be carbon negative, which means they're actually going to try to get some of that carbon back, right? So what's missing mm-hmm. is that we got to figure out how to get some of that carbon back. Like we, we're, we've gone, we've passed the point in this situation where we can all go neutral. We have to start doing some reversal work in, in, a, in, a, in a lot of ways, in my opinion. Now, so, so that part of it is pretty interesting. The COVID one, I think, could... It's too, too soon to know about the COVID one. What it is having some impact in areas, it, like you mentioned, Joel, if, if some large... Uh, you know, it, it's a catch twenty two. If some large buildings are not being used anymore, we could potentially turn those into housing for cities that want to do them, and 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 that may reduce the amount of of cars on the road, people getting to work. I think remote work becoming more and more a part of of the fabric of not just this society but the world. Mm-hmm. Right? Is is there are probably a lot of companies that will be started up in the next five years based on COVID that will will do all remote work. It was already starting to get a little bit more momentum, but I think a lot more companies are realizing, well, they could be more efficient. There are some downsides. Companies are realizing that people aren't taking vacations and all kinds of other aspects of it. So I think it's too soon to tell about COVID's impact. I think it, what it did show us, like Robert said, was clearly if we all stop driving for a bit of time, our cities are going to get much cleaner. But I don't know... If that is, that didn't have a reversal impact, right? And that's what we really need is the reversal impact. So for me, if I look at this and and this is going to seem a lot like a U.S. hubris kind of comment, it's the change and the focus on renewables. Because hopefully what that shows is that we can put us back in a leadership situation. We can actually do some big things, legislative things, governmental things to make big changes, maybe get back into Paris climate maybe uh you know have much more solar put on houses all over the country you know so that that one ties a little bit into the ITC extension but i still feel like that hopefully i'm hopeful that that will have the biggest change because i think what we need is a way to become carbon negative. So I will pick the U.S. presidential change. And uh, Joel, you had some comments about that? There was one that I didn't pick. I don't know, Tom, what you 
think about this and, and um, Mel too. Um, I couldn't find an article, but I heard um, from a, a podcast that 75% of the world's um, gener- new generation, electric generation this year, and it's been like for the past couple of years, was renewable power. So the, of the new generation that's coming, that, that fired up, um, so to speak, it was all renewable. I couldn't find a, um, I couldn't find a, an article on that, but I just, I, I, I wanted Yeah, to, I think you're there. probably right. Like if we had an article on that, and that probably is actually the biggest story that all new, most new electricity being brought online, which is what will help the, the developing countries continue to develop, right, will be, will be carbon neutral maybe uh, you know it's hard to say like again we need carbon negativity at this point like mm-hmm. and so for me that needs to to be the focus and uh now that i i think we've all gone now it's time to hear from the the master himself uh who is currently muted hopefully he understands that he is currently muted so we can hear him in his uh how we're either wrong or right but once again uh dr mel herbert uh so before we get to the right answer um I will say a uh, good discussion. I thought you uh, you did well, children. Um, it was actually Microsoft that said that they're going to be carbon neutral and they're going to sequester the carbon since they were first around in the early 80s. So I like that. And as a business owner, that inspired me because we're a carbon neutral in our company. I'm like, look at us. We're carbon neutral. It's not enough. So now I want to do uh, that's inspired me to like, try and work out how much carbon we did before we got to that point and plant some more trees as part of our business. So I like that. Um, and all the other discussion was good and COVID and yeah, whatever. But for me, it's clear that it was the US presidential election. We have just taken a 180 uh, from somebody who is antagonistic towards uh, the environment, taking it out of Paris, um, just cold, 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 no understanding of science to have an administration that understands science, that's going to bring on scientists, that understands that this is an existential crisis. If we don't fix this, COVID is going to look like a you know a walk in the park. We have to have leadership to do this. And Al Gore said this, it's really important to do stuff individually. It's really important for corporations to do it. But the way you turn the ship around has to occur at the government level. And so if you don't have that kind of support, you can't turn the boat fast enough. And this boat has to get moved fast. I'm just hoping that the Senate flips um, so that Joe has enough power to actually do some of the huge things, the trillion dollar things that we need to do, and not just 50 billion here and 50 billion there. We need to spend trillions on this in a very short amount of time. So it's it's the US presidential change. So Tom, you win. Ah. Look at that. I, I will say in that particular instance, you, uh, you nailed it. Thank you, uh, for, for that, for that recognition. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, like, uh, it's time, man. Like, we've been talking about this crap since I was, uh, you know, 11 years old. The, the climate had issues and we're really theoretically, we've done nothing since then, uh, except pollute more and more and more and allow corporations to do more and more and more. And it's time to change. And it's time for us to all have a, a real sea change in, in, in what is important. Is it, is it this continuous focus on economic growth? And if it is, you got to figure out how to make it not about consumerism, but about humanism and, and doing growth to help 
all of us, you know, survive together and thrive together. Can I just say, stop eating McDonald's because I feel like that's a direct threat to the Amazon and that is the number one carbon right. sink that is being decimated and the effects are just unbelievable unbelievable and must be changed must be stopped yeah i i I can't i can't agree more again i think that and we've talked about this many times mel has talked about this this sort of thing many many times and we're going to go back on our soapboxes a little bit here it's like what's the true cost of things what is the true cost of things what is the true cost of red meat what is the true cost of a hamburger it's not 99 cents because we're providing subsidies to farmers, we're providing cheap land to ranchers. Like there's all sorts of things that are not being factored into that cost. The cost of a hamburger to the world is probably like $35. And if we paid $35 for a hamburger, I can guarantee you it would be pretty damn good. It would be pretty damn enjoyable. We'd eat a lot less of them, so it would be more meaningful. And uh, and that's the sort of thing that you know Mel's talked about a lot is like what is the true the true cost of the things that we are doing what is the actual true cost of a tesla what is the actual true cost of an iphone what is the actual true cost of any of this stuff on our planet and on our futures so i'll put in a plug for epic foods i eat their meat products their hamburgers or bison or what have you and they have they're committed to sustainable farming and ranching and land management and soil management and keeping the carbon, putting the carbon, they're carbon negative, putting the carbon back into the ground. And so I think it can be done right, but it's not, you know, it's not $3 a pound hamburger. It's like $15 a pound hamburger, but we have to pay the real right. price. Yeah, I agree. Okay. So, Yes, Joel. Oh, I was just gonna say, and I mean the the actual extra piece with Microsoft too was that um, they were not only carbon negative, but they were carbon negative along their supply chain as well. So that was a part that I wasn't sure about. Um, what were were they actually were they reducing just on their you know um, just on what they were doing, or was that were they reducing on what everything else, what everybody else was doing that was working for them essentially? So that's pretty, pretty exciting. Yeah. And I want to see companies that are, that are not making products commit to doing this, right? Because a company like Facebook, right, can go super, super carbon negative, right? They have the money to do that, right? They have the money to sequester the negative, the carbon from every company whose device their software runs on, right? Like they could, they could, they could do some sort of commitment like that with all of the billions of dollars they have. And maybe that would, you know, help them reverse some of the impact they're having on our society uh, in general. But you have to have uh, soul. Next, you have to have soul for that. I, yeah. Oh, good Disney movie, by the way. Uh, Disney Pixar flick. Um, the next thing is not necessarily like a what is the best thing, but it's uh, the title of this is called Tweets That Didn't Age Well in 2020. Uh, there's There's two of them. On this list, uh, and before we first before one we is, start um, that, oh this, please, this Joel, was, explain uh, your thinking. Yeah, this, this is actually um, an idea that Mel had. So Mel, you're going to have to contribute here. So we, we might pick Mel last so that he can add add his uh, his flavor to this. You guys could think about this as well. 
Um, mm-hmm. um, but uh, based on uh, some conversations on Voxer, this is one that we wanted to add. Okay, so the first tweet is from the U.S. Surgeon General, Jerome M. Adams. Uh, there's no date on the, oh, 2 So this was February 29th, 2020. And the, uh, the Surgeon General made this statement. Seriously, people, stop buying masks. Full caps. Stop buying masks. They are not effective in preventing the general public from catching coronavirus. But if healthcare providers can't get them to care for sick patients, it puts them and our communities at risk. Now, we all have talked about why these statements were made, not only by the Surgeon General, but by Fauci and the impact. We are still reeling from the impact of these early tweets. We are still, as a country, not... This, this has probably been one of the most divisive aspects of coronavirus for this country that should have been the least divisive part of this. And the reason was that no one, the Surgeon General, Dr. Fauci, didn't come back and say, hey, yeah, I said that. The reason I said that wasn't because you couldn't, it wasn't effective. The reason was because we wanted to make sure we got enough masks for our healthcare providers. And even with these tweets, at the, I don't know if you all remember, at the time, we had healthcare workers, frontline healthcare workers, saving their N95 masks, if they even had N95 masks, for weeks at a time in little paper bags with their names on them. And, and that's why this announcement was made. But it was, and, and, and we all know that if he would have said, they're super effective in keeping the general public from catching coronavirus, but don't buy them. That N95 mask would have been $8,000 each the very next day because people would have bid them up. We they know why were, they though. did this. Right. We know why they did this. They had to do this, but they also needed to reverse it and take some responsibility a month or two or whatever it was later and say, you know, this is why I did this. This was wrong of me to do this, but we did it for the right reasons. Um, and I'm going to actually go to Melvis first about this particular one, since it's not a either or. We're going to talk about this tweet, and then we'll talk about the next tweet. So uh, I feel bad for the Surgeon General and for Fauci, because this was a moving target, and we all got schooled by this puppy. I was in um, Sydney Airport in uh, late January, and a lot of Asian um, countries there that they go to Australia to visit and everybody's wearing a mask and gloves and my wife and I are like, these people are a little out of control with this coronavirus thing. And then you're like, oh, actually, they were right. So I think this was partly what you were saying, but also partly because we didn't really understand the dynamics of COVID that early. And so a lot of us were schooled. I wish they had have come out um, a little bit stronger, Fauci and uh, the Surgeon General to say, yeah, that was wrong. And we're learning all the time. Here's what we know now. And they never really followed up very well on that. But if you want to know uh, the stupidest tweet, just because I'm biased, it's Elon's tweet about coronavirus will be gone by April. His exact tweet, and this was when he was fighting everybody because he wanted to open up um, his uh, production again. And this was from March... 19th, based on current trends, this is what Elon tweeted, probably close to zero new cases in the US by the end of April. Now, Elon is a little arrogant. He believes he's smarter than everybody else. He came out and said that uh, 
a lot of wacky things about COVID, I think, because he wanted to believe them, because he wanted to be able to say zinc and hydroxychloroquine will fix this and get back to work so I can make some cash. But it's just a, it's a good example of just because you're a genius in one area doesn't mean you're a genius in another area. The public health people were saying, this is a disaster. This is, by March, we were, it was much clearer than it was in January and February where this thing is headed. So Elon, I'm, gonna, I'm giving you the prize for stupidest tweet. Even stupider than the pedo tweet. Right, but he was taking the lead of the leader of, of the United States at the time, right? Because like, Trump was saying this stuff that whole time as well. Trump is the, you know, the cause of the whole mask thing becoming like politically, you know, uh, polarizing in, in my personal opinion. Again, like I won't speak for, for anybody else here. Um, and so... I don't know. That that is very very challenging, and I'd like to hear from uh, from Robert about this particular tweet. Yeah, I was I was general. super disappointed in that Elon tweet, and I would say that uh, you know the whole the whole management from a public health perspective of the COVID virus, I see as a fail, and I know that'll probably you know, and I'm not trying to. Monday morning quarterback this, but at each stage in the game, I would hear these announcements about not wearing masks or, or, or it's not aerosol spread. In other words, you can't get it from just sharing air. You have to have somebody coughing or sneezing or that you can pick it up from surfaces. I think that, um, too many, uh, uh, not certain. So we're not certain about this, but we're going to say it because we're going to just try to maybe scare people or manipulate people. And I just think we should stick to the truth. I think the truth would have won out and we would be a lot further along right now if people said, we're not sure if masks will make a difference, but this is why we think it will. Simple, like we do on this show. We really keep it simple because it will keep you from getting exposed. It will keep others from getting exposed to you. I think if we would have kept to the truth, instead of trying to do more manipulation, then we would be much farther along today than we are because I'm just, I'm just so disappointed over and over and over again. And one of the most important things that I, ne not never, I almost never hear anybody say is get yourself in shape. And all the people that I see who are dying and getting intubated and putting on high flow oxygen are obese. Obese. Tom, hats off to you, man. We hung out in an alley a week or two ago and I, I was looking for you and I didn't, I didn't see you. I was like, where's Tom? I was like, who's this guy walking up to me? Mother, you lost a ton of weight. You look awesome. This is what needs to be done. And if people don't pay attention to their well-being, their psychological well-being, their physical well-being, then I'm starting to have a hard time having compassion for them because that's all the people I see who are getting really wrecked by this disease. And it pisses me off. I Yeah. All right. My rant is over. Yeah, I, I agree. And, and uh, yeah, I think, you know, that a lot of mistakes were made early. A lot of mistakes were made by just a lack of knowledge and, and a lack of, of 
transparency and honesty from our leaders. Like, we don't know, but this is what medicine looks like. We're not sure, but we think this is the best way to keep you safe. And if we do this, hopefully we can open up sooner, right? And and it just didn't didn't happen, right? We just got political. It was this state versus that state, even, you know, to the point where he was making, they were making states bid against one another for things yes. that we needed and then jumping in at the last minute and the federal government was outbidding all of them. It's like, what are you doing? It's all of our money. Like, why are, like, can we focus? And, and even now, the vaccination, like no one put together a freaking plan of distribution and we've got all these problems happening. So I don't even actually want to go into the next tweet and we can hold it for the next show because I just don't think it's, you know, based on what we've been discussing, I, I just don't think it's additive. Um, and so the last of these particular uh, things that, that Joel, you know, so awesomely put together is 2021. What I don't I, this was 2020, I thought, but now I'm not sure. 2021, what was Tesla's what will Tesla's biggest news story or what was Tesla's biggest yeah. news story? So, in um, we just wanted to look forward and we can do this, um, I think quickly. Okay. Is what do you think, um, for Mel, Tom, Robert, and myself, what do you think will be the biggest story of this coming year for, for me? It will be the same as what I thought it would be. Like I thought it was the announcement of two new gigafactories, but I think from a Tesla standpoint, it will be two gigafactories coming online, right? Austin and Germany producing cars and making batteries is basically about the forwarding of the mission. If they can do both of those things successful, be able to meet and exceed demand, that will give them the ability to A, build the semi finally, put out more cars and potentially get to that $25,000 car, which we all know is is not going to have autopilot. It's not going to have all those other things. But to me, it's, it's going to be the 50,000th car rolling off each one of those lines uh, in 2021. And I will go to uh, Joel. Okay. Um, that's a good one. Um, if I were to pick something different, um, I, I think uh, uh, I think there'll be a, a fairly large um, acquisition by Tesla in uh, 2021. Ooh. And what do you think this will be? Uh, like if you had if you had to say like what company does Tesla need to buy? Because obviously, that's what you're saying, right? Tesla is going to use their their market cap to leverage some buy. What company do they buy, or or what type of company do they need to buy? I, I mean, it's got to be. Well, I'll, I think I'll be surprised. So, it. Um, but I want to say in the battery space. But I think I'll also be surprised. So it could easily be in. Um, something large in uh, helping them enable, enabling them to continuing to build batteries, uh, batteries effectively, and in manufacturing. Uh, but I do also wonder it's going to come time in the next couple of years where there may be an auto company that Tesla, Elon really loves or respects that may need to uh, move towards, um, may want to merge with Tesla in some way. 
So now, I think there's no way Tesla acquires a car company because they're killing car companies now. So they have no reason to to do that. They're not manufacturing vehicles in the same way that other car companies are. They don't have any desire to manufacture vehicles in the way that traditional car companies do. But I think if I were if I were Tesla and I was going to acquire a single company, it would probably be LG Chem. Yeah. The whole thing, lock, stock, and barrel. And basically just because Tesla is is the 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 marble in Tesla's funnel is battery production, right? It will remain battery production. He said on battery day, it's battery production until proven otherwise what will hold Tesla back. So for me, if that's if if it's acquisition acquisition, it's a battery company. Um, so Mel. Uh, what is your 2021 Tesla biggest news story? It'll be the new batteries coming in, into the cars, coming in volume, uh, however they do that. So that's sort of a combination of all of the stuff that you guys have talked about, the gigafactories and stuff. But that battery, that form factor, that reduction in cost, that is the biggest thing for next year. That's the biggest thing for the next few years. But if I was going to do a stock pick, the biggest stock pick for next year which might go along with also a Tesla acquisition, it would be QuantumScape. It would be J.B. Strobel's new battery recycling, but um, battery, uh, what's it called? Solid state battery company. I really think that J.B. Strobel is at least as smart as uh, Elon, and I would buy the guy. So if you want a stock pick, uh, that would be it for 2021. So those are two different companies, JB's recycling company right. and the dry solid state. Solid I would, state. I'd buy both. I don't think the recycling company's for sale or stock. So what's it called? Uh, Forrester? I can't remember what that is. But on that note, um, did, were you seeing a few weeks ago, a week ago, all the stuff about how Toyota has developed a solid state battery that's uh, charges five times faster than anything Tesla has. And there was all of these stories about this is going to be a Tesla killer, a Tesla killer, a Tesla killer. And I just think that that was all horse hockey puck. Um, I just don't believe it. Yeah, I think, I mean, Toyota is, is one of those companies that really could be the game changer in this space that we discuss, right? Toyota, if they were to go full on, full, full on, like, they have the money, they have the capability, they have the, you know, even more so than Volkswagen, I think, in a lot of ways, right? They have the capability of really being a game changer in this electric transportation thing because they're in every market, they make every car, they know how to make a lot of cars. They, it's just, you know, one of those, one of those situations. But, you know, I don't think merging I don't think Tesla's going to merge with Toyota. No. That would be weird. That 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 doesn't that doesn't happen. Um I have to agree so, with you. So yeah, I stand by my Gigafactory story and the next uh, person that we will discuss is uh, Robert is Robert you have the floor, the biggest story uh, for next year. So I have to agree with you. That's one of the things that has made me so like heartfelt disappointed in Toyota since I got my first Prius in 2006 is how lackluster they have been. Because if you look back at the 70s and the 80s, they blew the doors off of all the legacy automakers and Honda. I, I, I can't 
begrudge them either, but the two of them have been so lackluster in this new paradigm. I just expected them to be so much more of a contributor. So yes, I agree. If Toyota could really, or Honda could really get it together and uh, not do the Boeing thing, but, you know, innovate and surprise and dazzle us all. So, you know, Tesla's biggest news story, there's actually two, but two things that I put down short term was delivery numbers for 2020. I sent you guys a picture of the Tesla store here in Santa Monica. Do you remember me? I think I, maybe I didn't, but I'm pretty sure I did. Sent you a picture on maybe Voxer of the Tesla store in Santa Monica two weeks ago. Guess what was in it? In the Tesla store? Yes. It's the big Tesla store in Santa Monica. It's like this big corner store right at the opening of the Santa Monica Place Mall, which is a very bespoke, you know. One of those one of those cardboard cutouts of Elon that you could take a picture with and, and like not have to worry about wearing a mask next to him. Yeah, you probably, they probably should put that in there because really what's in there is absolutely nothing. There isn't a single car. They don't have a car that they can give you to test drive. The, I confirmed today, it's the same in all of the stores around. So the guys that I talked to at the Tesla store said all the stores are empty. They have sold every single test drive car and every single showroom car. So I think that the story is going to be Tesla delivery numbers for 2020 are going to be record-breaking and the stock is just going to make me feel that much more foolish for not owning it because it's going to go up yet again. That's my short-term prediction. My long-term is, again, the stock price going interstellar when full autopilot is validated and released. And I haven't heard a whole lot about it. I know it's out there. I know I'm supposed to be getting it. I haven't seen it. But when it does, bam. And, and how many states are going to fall, or I should say, uh, like, uh, agree to allow full autopilot to fly before the end of the year. When those first states or two, like Arizona, allow it to go, boom, that's an explosion. And I know you guys want to talk about that, but before you can, I've had this box on my shoulder I know for like that the last is. 10 minutes, and this showed up today. Oh, or yes. No, I think it was today. I'm and it so says excited. This is the biggest story of the year. It's so we'll have to post this part of this video, Melvis, I think. Yeah. Right? Like this biggest part of this video. Of this, is for, this is for the Patreons. Yeah, this is from right. General Logistics Systems. It's coming okay. from Shipping Center in Santee, California. And at the okay. bottom, That's it says... Just outside of San Diego, I believe. And at yeah. the bottom, it says Adult Signature. And guess what? Uh, it what? was just left at the mailboxes in the front of my building. And my son, as we walked in today from a walk, said, wow, that's a great place for teenagers to order alcohol from. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to do this on camera. This is the uh, click knife I have. Here we go. Nice. Cutting into it. Here we go. He's opening the box. We have no idea what's in this box, although Mel it, believes he is, knows what's in there this There is something box. in this box Quite that I believe. To work out what's in there. I'm Where not sure. Is I... mine? Where is mine? 
Last cut Apparently there. Apparently, it's out, it's out front on your curb, right, Mel. There it goes. There. Opening the box. Oh, no. Up, okay, you're doing this terribly. You're off camera completely. A, in, in, there is a... Uh, yeah, no one cares. Yeah. yeah, that's good. Piece of paper. No one gives a crap. That's good. You're terrible at this unboxing. This is unboxing on podcast. Oh, it's, it's a box. Okay, it's a black box okay. wrapped in a plastic wrapper. That's Interesting. Nice. What, what do we have? Oh, oh and sliding off the back. The box is, <gasps> oh, it has a Tesla, Tesla logo, logo on it. upon it. Very can you get a little boy. closer to the camera so we can see the rest of the words on that? Uh, or can you read it? Oh, it says, oh, it says Tesla Tequila Anejo, 750 milliliters, 49% alcohol by volume. Or 40%. So it's an 80 proofer is what we're looking at. 40% alcohol by volume. Roger that. 80 proof. And... All right, we have a box of Tesla tequila being opened I have to do this on this show. Because, uh, I'm probably going to sell this bad boy. I don't want to drink it. I'm not expecting. Well, then you to shouldn't have good. even opened it. But that's, that's true. cool. Whatever. So I'll, I'll buy it from you. Yeah, I think these are going for many thousands of dollars. Some nice black foam, and then mm-hmm. oh, boom. look at that! There's a little card in there. Don't drop Tesla it, Robert. Card. I sh- shows <laughs> no, you how I'll to open it. Laptop. Oh no! Please <laughs> drop it. That would be amazing for the show. And there's there it uh, is. And oh, there it is. Man, Look at that. that. The good. stand. It's a lovely lightning bolt. Can you pull yeah, it out I'm of the box? Set it up. Because stainless steel stand. Yeah, this is so nice. Robert it's like a chrome stand has received nice. his bottle of Tesla. To- oh, look, a little Tesla logo on the stand. Very, very nice. Mel right now is very bummed that his two bottles, Mel, two, you ordered two, two bottles? bottles. Yeah. Have you gotten either of the two bottles at this point? Uh, no, there's some teenagers that are hammered around the corner. <laughs> <laughs> and there it is. Look, it sits in there very nicely. Does it feel like it fits in that stand nice and firm? It's not moving around? And- Perfect. There's no wiggle room at all. Crack it open, Robert. What's it taste like? You're the tequila expert. It's perfect that you had it first because uh, my guess is that you are the, 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 the arbiter of whether or not that's good tequila or bad tequila. You're not going to sell it. Open the bottle and drink the damn tequila. <laughs> Just have one sip for us. One sip. You're a doctor There's for a God's sake. There's a label on it and it says, read instructions before opening. Okay. Read the instructions while you open it because- Look, look, Robert, you've you've been on the front lines of covid all year. If anybody deserves a sip of Tesla tequila, it is you, my friend. I was going to say the same thing, dude, because life is short, you know, all because of the listeners. There he goes. The the bottle is opened for the the lid. Yeah, for the listeners. The lid is off. How does it smell, Robert? It's very fruity. It's almost sweet. Here we go. Nice. Oh, he's drinking oh, he's it right out of the bottle. <laughs> oh, very strong work. There you we go. We got to get that That's on. That's what I'm talking about. Oh, it's actually quite good. Okay. It definitely has the uh, the notes of the of the uh, oak caskets that they put it in. It does. It almost tastes like a um, oh, what's that called? It's classe azul. It comes in the tall white bottle. And it's actually got a caramel taste to it. I hope they're not adding stuff to it to give it that. But I'm going to take one more taste. This is the go. best. Big gulp there. <laughs> nice. This is great. Robert. All right. I'm so impressed. S- I'm impressed. For $250. Okay, okay. Put the lid back on now. Sell it. <laughs> well, this is the, this is the uh, once tasted 
I don't have COVID. I'm yeah. vaccinated. Yeah. Yeah. Scale of one to 10, Robert. How would you rate that tequila based on a, a, te- a similar tequila Anejo? Not in a similar price point, obviously, because there are no <laughs> real. I've never price spent points. that much on a tequila, but I, I would, I would give that a solid eight and a half. Wow, very, very high wow. rating, and and yeah. coming from you, very impressive. So let me let me get into a little bit of details. Was it like how was the burn? You know, that's kind of a thing of of spirits, right? If like if it has kind of a light burn, that's a higher quality kind of distillation. What did you feel about the burn there, Mister? I feel it going down. I can feel it down into my chest. Um, it's not at all unpleasant. It's. Uh, I think it's. I'm, I'm very impressed. Now I'm. I'm not disappointed nice. that I opened it, and probably lost four thousand dollars. Sorry, bud. Damn you, Tom. <laughs> it was worth it. Worth it. It, <laughs> it wasn't as much as you lost on stock, anyway. So. Yeah, right. Yeah. I'm glad I didn't put money down and buy a roadster. You earned it. All right. Well, that is it. That is. You want to talk about superchargers sh- really quick? Should we do that, or should we I can wait? talk about yeah, superchargers and we that. can we can do media picks? But I don't know if Melvis are. Do you need to leave, Doctor well, Melvis? Uh, if we do a quick uh, supercharger update, because I love that one, and uh, media we'll picks, do that let's right do it. Now. Let's let's knock it out. Boom, right. boom. How many superchargers do you think Tesla has added to the network since December seventeenth? So that would be. Uh, 14 days to today, which is a pretty decent, you know, we always do like a 14 day stretch more or less. Uh, the answer is 20. Mel says 20. Because of, because of the holidays that were in that particular situation as well. Sure. I'm going to go with nine, nine and Joel. I'll do 10, right? Cause it's still the, the lowest. Yeah. I was worried from the last couple times that you were hacking into my computer, so I figured you'd nail it. (laughs) Nope. (laughs) The award goes to Mel 25. Wow. 25? Thank you. Thank you. Wow. Wow, that is very impressive. Damn. That is an end-of-year push for the Supercharger team. Very nicely done. Actually, you know what? Let's applaud the Supercharger team for all their hard work. Very nicely done. And, and they opened the 72-stall the- China Supercharger, but I heard it was only the 125 kilowatts, not the 250s. But still, 72 is good. Yeah. I, I thought you were going to say something about I, I I'm going to let you continue, Robert. But I have I I did want to make a comment about uh, destination chargers and my experience recently with the destination charger. But but please, Robert, continue construction. Yeah. So um, I wanted to mention that those that are open include one. Well, let me just say that there of the 25 that are open, 20 of them were 250 kilowatt. Uh, V3 superchargers. That's 80%, which is really impressive. There were only like two 120s, three 72s, which I hope disappear. But I noticed there was a 56 kilowatt charger installed in Cedar City, Utah. Yeah, exactly, Mel. I'm watching Mel's face. He's like, WTF? Well, it turns out some of these uh, temporary pallet Superchargers are limited at 56 kilowatts. So if you see a few pallets off to the side, along with a bunch of other 
superchargers, it's probably better to wait for the, uh, the full-fledged supercharger to open up instead of getting stuck on a 56, because unless you're going to sleep all night, that's going to take forever. All right, so let's just um, quickly, I was going to say where these chargers are. 13 of the 25 were in the U.S. There's only one in China, but since it had 100, I'm sorry, 72 stalls, they can have that one. That's, that's amazing, 72 stalls. Under construction, we have 12 superchargers, which is a big number for the end of the year. And in permit phase, we have seven, which includes two very interesting superchargers. Now, have you guys have been to Hawaii? I know, uh, Mel, you've been to Hawaii. We're in Hawaii during the show one time. They put a supercharger on the island of Lanai. Have you ever been to Lanai? Really? I have not. Me or I. Do you know how big the island of Lanai is? It's not very big. It's a smallish, small island. It's the sixth smallest island in Hawaii. And if you look at the longest road that goes from this the elongated tip of the island down to the other end, that road is eight miles long. <laughs> what the f*** are they doing putting a supercharger in Lanai? Unless... Ooh, ooh. I know. Unless... I know. Unless... Drum roll, go. Go, Joel. Tell me. Uh, is there a board member that happens to live in uh, Lanai? <laughs> oh, that would be really sad. Well, I know it's going to be four stalls. They have not yet announced how, you know, how many kilowatts you'll need. But of course, at 250 kilowatts, they'd probably black out the entire island. And uh, you could charge to get to your destination in about 12 seconds. It's, uh, I was going to say. is on the board. Yeah. And he owns Oracle. He also owns that island. Yes. So I I hope he paid for it. He probably did. Not Tesla. Yeah. Come to my island like like uh, Fantasy Island and <laughs> although drive one of my I Teslas. would like to although interestingly enough, an island as small as Lanai with a supercharger could go a hundred percent electric, right? So you could you could take that island and have no no gas cars on the entire island, and that would make it, A, much more peaceful, much quieter, because there'd be no gas vehicles. Although my guess is, I believe Lanai is a big, uh, is the pineapple-producing island, yes. if, I'm not, if I'm not correct, That's not what incorrect I was about thinking. that. Which means that, like, there's a lot of vehicles, like farm vehicles that probably run on, on, on gas. But that would be a great uh, place for for some sort of electric farming vehicles to be tested out. Again, it's small. They don't need a lot of range with a supercharger. So that's, that's pretty cool. That's a, that's, that's awesome. It was once home to a plantation that produced 75% of the world's pineapples. So I agree. If they could convert all of the farm machines and the industrial uh, to run off of that one supercharger, it would be a very busy supercharger. Wasn't Lanai also a lipa colony? Uh, I believe it's on uh, another, a smaller one of the islands. Mal I thought Malakai? that was Australia. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're thinking of your home, Melvin. <laughs> thinking, I'm thinking of my house, actually. Just here. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, and Electrify America, Robert? Is there any update on the Electrify America sites? I didn't uh, bother this? looking, but I did look at uh, the other 
That didn't last. That didn't last long. <laughs> didn't. I'm not too inspired by it because it's a link to the ill begotten. It's like ill-gotten gains. But I will. I will redouble my efforts to look at that. Although oh, Joel, somebody put the information up. Yeah. Joel, Joel popped Joel's it up there. So we have. Down. We went from five twenty-five the fourteen days ago to five thirty-four. Yeah. That's pretty good. With hundred and forty-seven coming soon and uh they've actually looks like they've added 25 ccs stalls and nine ccs slash chatamo stalls and 108 i don't know if they added 108 level twos because we weren't weren't yeah we didn't have that in there but so that's pretty cool so the last thing on the agenda is uh media picks but before we get to that obviously we'd like to thank everybody for listening all of the patrons for their support in 2020 for their continued support in 2021 for all of you who have purchased uh vehicles using our referral codes for all of you who have just purchased tesla vehicles to move this whole thing forward who who love us, who hate us, who wish we were better, who wishes I wasn't on the show, whatever whatever it is, thank you so much for supporting this little thing that we do. Hopefully there'll be some big changes moving forward. We're going to discuss media picks, but I have one last award, and that's going to be the worst media pick of 2020. <laughs> and uh, so I went through the entire year and I made a new spreadsheet and maybe we'll share that with the with the people uh, of all of the media picks of the year. And one media pick stood out to me as just being terrible. And not only oh. is it from the newest member of the show, I believe it was the last media pick of 2020. So... We really ended on just a, a an extreme low note, and that would be the perrygrip.com media pick from, from Joel. You guys I'm are sorry, haters. Joel. I love you, Joel. Your media pick sucked. You, uh, I was going to give out an award for the best media picker, but, I mean, clearly I was going to win that award, so it felt very narcissistic to even go in that realm. But sorry, Joel. You, you have won... The worst media pick of the year for 2020. All I can tell you is try not to win it again, buddy. Seriously. <laughs> it's not going to be easy for you, but try not, try not to win it again. See, I, I'd and like now, the, the, the patrons to actually vote on this because I think, yeah, I think, I think parents, you probably wouldn't. Yeah. If, okay. You know what, Joel? You know, that's fair. So we're going to throw it out there. If you're listening to this show, it's been a couple of hours. Please let us know what you think was the worst media pick of 2020. <laughs> you know, you'll have to go through this list. There have been some bad ones, but none of them, none of them are even close to this one, Joel. I don't think there's a chance in hell you don't win this award. But you know what? And I will say, since we're not going to give a best media pick of the, of the of 2020, mm-hmm. uh, the let's let's let the people decide who they think gave you the best media picks in 2020. And I'll say I hated media pick when we launched media picks. I didn't want to do it. I'm way better at it than all of you people. I'm so much better at it. Oh my God. I went through this list and even you, if you guys could be objective and I know Mel has no capabilities of being objective. If you looked at the vast awesomeness that is my media picks for 2020, it's not even close. You guys are all a distant 
third, fourth, and fifth in my, in my personal opinion. Who's a narcissist Robert? now? <laughs> oh, it's me, for sure. This is awesome. When I looked at the work <laughs> that you did pulling all these, you know, media picks, in my opinion, is the best part of the show. And uh-huh. this is awesome. I'm going to use this, this spreadsheet. And I think that, you know, if you're a Patreon supporter at $10 a month, you should get this media pick list because this thing is going to keep me so entertained. But my question is, when is it my turn to share my media pick? It's time to share your media pick right now, Robert. You're going to let, we're going to let you go first and share your first media pick of 2021. It's the, uh, the new science fiction uh, cautionary tale movie both directed and starring George Clooney on Netflix called The Midnight Sky. And I watched it last night, and I can't tell you if I had nightmares or not. Okay, I didn't have nightmares, but I almost had nightmares. I've got a second that, Robert, I just watched it. It's not getting great reviews, but I found it very entertaining, so I'm with you. I think that part of the reason that I didn't like it at first is because I felt... um, uh, I felt kind of like taken advantage of. It's really well done. And and what convinced me that to make it my media pick this week is the way I was thinking about it as I was drinking my coffee this morning, it just popped into my head and I thought, oh, that, and oh, I should have paid attention to this. And it turns out that it was a lot more um, layered than I expected and realized while I was watching it. So I think for just getting me to think like that, it's really worth watching. And uh, and yeah, take a moment and you'll get to ponder it and enjoy. Okay, Melvis, uh, your uh, media pick, your second media pick on this list has been given many, many times on this show. Well, I'm trying and, to through. And also <laughs> Even by has Mel. been roundly and been roundly ridiculed by Joel <laughs> at one point even making a comment that is on this spreadsheet that says, is this show still on? Like, (laughs) seriously, this pick, this, this pick has not only been repeated, but it's been repeated and ridiculed for being repeated already. And yet you put it on again as your first media pick of 2021. Mel Herbert, what is your media pick? I might just keep putting it on for the rest of the year to just (laughs) piss off Joel, just to see how far I can push this guy before he breaks. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and it's Ozark, by the way, if people don't. Uh, <laughs> that is true. My, that is my actual media pick is a book that I'm rereading. I read it years ago and my son read it. And it's Speaker of the Dead, awesome Scott Card as the author. Ender's Game. So Ender's Game was a very famous science fiction book. And then he wrote a series that went after that. This is, I think, the third in the series. But it's about um, Ender, who you know, years later um, is on a strange little planet and there's this little thing called the piggies which is another species and but his job is speaker of the dead and i really like this concept that um there's this sort of religious group although it's not really religion of these uh, priests we'll call them but they're not really that go and speak about a person's life so they're often called to people who appear to be terrible people and his job is to really find out what that person's life meant to them. And you might have seen externally somebody who was very bad, but once you really understood who they were, 
you uh, had a much better impression of what they were and why they did the things that they did. So I like this concept of we're better than the, the acts that we performed. And so there's a lot of philosophy in this book, but uh, I love it. Uh, check it out. But the whole series, Ender's Game going forward, lots of great books in that uh, series. All right, Joel, I mean, I want you to go last, but I'm going to let you go now because clearly I've, I've, I've killed all three of you again in this particular segment of this show. Please, Joel, oh, what do you have for us? Over the top here. Um, so I'm going to pick um, <laughs> the YouTube channel, um, The Limiting Factor. Uh, it's a, a great channel uh, by Jordan Gisidi, um, who has interviewed uh, folks from uh, Shirley Mang, who is um, sort of well-renowned in California um, with, um, with batteries. And he breaks down to the tiniest detail the latest battery innovations. He, he, he's gone over Tesla batteries, um, the manufacturing the anode cathode if there's anything that you wanted to know about cells um he's he's been covering it and doing a, an amazing job it's uh, it's called the limiting factor i think it's worth people people looking at i'm going to add a second one here too um i've been also reading a bunch of the culture series books uh with um uh, by ian banks and uh there's one that uh, that I've been I finished reading a couple weeks ago that maybe I should have used instead of the Perry Grip one, but I'm still sticking with I'm still sticking with it. Maybe, maybe, um, maybe you is called the use of weapons. Um, I, I, oh, I honestly wow. I just think um, overall if you pick if you read uh, much of those uh, much of the culture series, and there's a few that aren't available in the United States, which I'm not not sure I understand why it's not available in the U.S. But this particular one is a, a great, uh, another really good uh, book in the series. Now, I've read one that I don't really like as much. It's been a little more boring. So not every single one of those are awesome. But I'd say the first four are amazing and, and worth um, uh, the hype in the Tesla community that people talk about. This one Isn't is uh, one? called right, The well, Use of... Make sure, you add, make sure you add that. I'm going to write it down now. Yep. Use of weapons. Isn't that the one that begins in like the opera house where the woman is climbing and trying to escape her like owner? Is that uh, where that one starts? No, that that one was was that one consider uh plebis? Oh, maybe it was. Yeah. I get I don't get the titles straight with the stories because the stories are just like so many layered and there's so much going on and yeah. sometimes I have to put those books down for like a week at a time just to be able to kind of ingest everything that's going on. It's pretty intense and pretty, I don't know, complicated is the word, but there's a lot to them. They're very good, very good. Yes, the, the one thing that I, um, I judge uh, a good movie on um, in, or a good book on is how much I think about it later on after mm -hmm. I've read it. Like if there's a concept or something that just stays with me for a while and um, these books have really stayed with me. It's sort of a, a different way to look at, uh, AI and human, um, sort of continuance in the, you know, I guess in the future, but although most of this is actually technically in our past, um, but just a, a, a pretty much a different way, sort of a, 
a more balanced way, I guess, of looking at what AI could be in uh, in our future anyway. Very cool. All right. Well, my media picks are multiple and awesome. Uh, the first one is a movie called Tater Tot and Patton. A very good movie. I, I enjoyed it a lot. Uh, filmed pretty small budget movie filmed entirely in South Dakota. Beautifully shot film. A lovely, just small story, but you know, uh, a man and uh, his niece who comes to live with him on, on, on his ranch and, and really how their relationship grows and blossoms. It's a really a great, a great movie and just very beautifully, wonderfully shot. Uh, and it's very hard to find a low budget movie that is done with such feeling and, uh, and basically like a real knowledge of the movie making arts in my opinion like so from a visual standpoint just a lot of beautiful shots a lot of really great scenes a lot of really great acting in this movie um doesn't it all feel like something that you've seen before or if you feel like you know how it's going to end although it does follow a little bit of those things but a, a really a really good movie um Season 8, Episode 5 of the show No Reservations with uh, the late Anthony Bourdain, which is a great episode about, it's called Cooking Raw, which is an, was, it was an annual sort of thing where chefs got together in a country and did some cooking. This one was took place in Japan and they had cameras and you have like David Chang and Rene Renzeppi and all these really big chefs going out. Sean Brock going out into the wilds of Japan to to do a lot of foraging wasn't super successful, but they were supposed to forage for all of this food that they served in this episode. So it follows that a lot of interesting, unique dishes that they created out of stuff that they theoretically were supposed to find, although that's not exactly how it went down, but all very local, local foods. And the last one is a movie called The Highwaymen, an older movie, Woody Harrelson and Kevin Costner. It is the story of Bonnie and Clyde told from the law enforcement perspective. Like, like all of the Bonnie and Clyde movies that you've ever seen are basically the glorification of Bonnie and Clyde from their perspective, what they were doing while they were doing it. These are, this is the story of the two lawmen who eventually took down Bonnie and Clyde and sort of, and, and the, the, the manhunt and the work behind that. So for me, very well done, obviously of a cop buddy pick of sorts, a lot of really good scenes. And again, beautifully shot uh movie so there you have it that is my first uh media picks of 2021 and that is the end of the first show of 2021 gentlemen thank you so much for for your contributions joel thank you so much for all of your hard work on this show document and all of the topics that we discussed today we give you a world of shit, but for sure uh this show is better for your presence and we are appreciative yeah. And, and Robert, thank you for opening your bottle of Tesla for the for the people to see and and hear and enjoy. Another and, another uh, stupid we, another stupid thing I did for the podcast. Good yeah. job, Tom. I'm and getting we, him to do and, it too. You, and we wish everyone listening a, a a peaceful and wonderful 2021. Hopefully this show will be we'll all be back together at some point. Get your vaccinations, trust the science. And, uh, you know, let's let's knock this thing out and, and hopefully have a, you know, get our kids back in school, get our businesses open, 
get our, uh, you know, save our restaurants, save our neighborhoods, all of the things that need to happen to get society back to uh, a different path than it is currently on. Yeah. Uh, so totally have a great 2021, everybody. Thanks for listening. Uh, and we'll, we'll talk to you soon. Adios. Happy New Year. Bye.